This is On the Block with Stricken Bach. Nebraska Basketball Hall of Famer and nine-year NBA vet, Eric Strickland. Strickland for three! And you're going to go out of here as the Big 8 tournament champion. 93-7 a ticket veteran and Creed stand, Jake Bakoven. I love that band, Creed. Coming at you live from the Koppel Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Sponsored by the Mercado by Certified Piedmontese. This is On the Block with Stricken Bob. Hold up. Welcome back on the block. East Strick here on 93.7 The Ticket, theticketfm.com. We thank you for joining us on all platforms. And we welcome your interaction with us as you continue to come and find us right here every night, Monday through Friday, from 4 to 6 Central Standard Time. We're right here on the block, and we thank you for joining us on the block. Because you know why? The champ is here! <laughs> the champ is here, that's where you can find us right here. The champs are right here on the block. Baco Vin, my partner, Jake. Tell me something good, man. I got some uh, some questions for you. Uh, there's some things that uh, really I wanted to ask you about, you know, any memories that you had in 1998. Well, 1998 was, uh, I was eight years old. So, but I was uh, first, I, I do start to kind of think of Husker football at that time. Um, because unfortunately, right after Nebraska wins the title, 94, 95, 97, that's when I started to like, you know, I have spotty memories of those being four, five, and seven years old, respectively. Um, but I remember games and where I was at here and there. But starting in 1998, I can kind of remember the ride, you know, kind of going uh, through the regular season in, in all these football seasons. So uh, that's kind of when I, I begin to remember. And then, of course, um, the basketball team, too. I mean, you, were, you weren't there by this time, but Teron Lewis was still there with uh, Cookie Belcher and Vincent Hamilton and uh, your former coach, Danny Neese. So I remember as a kid going down and getting uh, autographs with those guys in 1998. Uh, can't, can't say I have too many more memories, again, outside of sports. Uh, uh, sports guys can kind of link it to the sports programs and what we were doing at the time uh, there. But other than that... Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe the Titanic came out in 98. I don't know what movies I went and saw then. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think a, a big one for me was um, that was the, the year that we actually started uh, the lockout, which uh, the lockout commenced and, and uh, there was no agreement between us and, and the NBA at that time. And salary issues was a problem. That lockout was very long. It lasted 204 days. And it shortened the season to 50 games in which um, I believe San Antonio ended up winning that one uh, in that lockout. Season. Oh, yeah. Um, but then there was something else I do remember, too. It was um, uh, that was the year that Bill Fitch, longtime Clippers coach, won his 2000th NBA game. And guess who it was against? You guys. The, the Dallas Mavericks. <laughs> 98, uh, 97 to 88 in that game. Um, that was an injury-riddled year for me. Didn't play as much. And that's probably why we lost that game. <laughs> because they didn't, they didn't, they didn't uh, give me that good run that game. But it was, um, it was, it was, well, let me just say this. In that particular game, um, uh Samaki Walker my guy yeah he started that game played 31 minutes yeah he, uh, he was 10 for 19 52 percent shooting 
Uh, he had 13 rebounds. He had a double-double that game. He was a plus 14. Michael Finley, negative 11. Sean Bradley, plus one. Dennis Scott was on that team, 3D. Uh, two for five from three, negative 14. Robert Pack, one of my close friends, was on that team, negative 16. He started the game. Hubert Davis, we all know mm-hmm. who Hubert Davis is, yeah. five for 13. One for four from three. He didn't play as well. 11 points, though. And uh, everybody was pretty much in the negative, but East Trick, eight minutes in that game, two for four, one for one from three, two rebounds in eight minutes, one turnover, one uh, one assist, five points, but a plus 10. There you go. See, if they would have played Stringy a little <laughs> bit more, we might, we might play a win. <laughs> Did you guys think, you know, you said the Spurs one, and of course that was uh, Tim Duncan uh, coming to join yeah. David Robinson. Was there a, was the rivalry there kind of between Dallas and, and San Antonio yet, or were the, the Spurs had to kind of arrive still? No, that that wasn't a rivalry. They, they kind of were still just getting it turned around again, and uh, they were just really starting to make their dynasty runs. So uh, we didn't really have many rivalries at that point. You yeah. know, we did beat those D- Tim Duncan teams, you know, pretty much on a regular. I don't think they ever swept us. Um, I would say more for them, it would have been Houston at that time. Oh, you okay. know, Houston, those teams was was put together. You know, obviously they had, you know, uh, Scottie Pippen at one point. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, that was the Scottie Pippen, Dreschler, Olajuwon was still there. They were they were deep. So I would have said that would have been their rivalry. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I so, thought that was uh, the dynamic between the Texas NBA teams. It always seems to be kind of heating up when they get meet in the playoffs, yeah. at least. It, it, it heated up right after it really got heated. I would say right after right about the time the last year that I was there in 2000, it got started getting heated up. And right after that, it really got heated up. Yeah. That's when they started really getting after it. And they won those 50 games and they were going back and forth. So uh, yeah, those are memories for there. Now, tell me something, man. We got a we got a legacy that popped up before we get into the next uh, the next segment. We're talking about a Big Ten uh, center is making his way in the NBA draft. But you know, tell me about what you think about the Bobby Newcomb legacy uh, offer that that popped up. Yeah, I think it's very cool. Speaking of 1998, of course, Bobby Newcomb and Eric Crouch were kind of battling it out for who was going to be the cornerback there, or quarterback, excuse me, of the team. Uh, would really come to a head in the 1998 preseason uh, going into that year. So I will cover that tomorrow, though. But it's very cool. Bobby Newcomb, um, when, again, around this age, um, when I was around eight, that's the jersey everybody had. They had the number 12 Bobby Newcomb jersey because he looked to be the future, especially coming after 97 when he was a wingback and making a lot of plays there for him and helping them win the title. Uh, very cool. Now he's a, now he's a coach. Uh, uh, excuse me, a, a coach, I believe, out in Arizona. I have to double-check. Um, but a high school coach there. Now his son, Jeremiah Newcomb, a cornerback, has just received an offer from Nebraska. Um, he's the younger brother of current UCLA Bruin Isaiah Newcomb. So Bobby's already got a, a kid playing in Power 5 football. But, yeah, uh, I think it's kind of cool. Jeremiah Newcomb, a 2024 cornerback, uh, is, uh, is, uh, has, has some pretty good stats to go along with the legacy name. I think he had seven picks last year. Um, so mm. or that, that, you know, that's pretty good numbers. And he was, uh, running on offense as well. So, um, you know, as we look at these legacy yeah, kids, obviously Dylan Riola is going to get a lot of the attention, but I wouldn't mind having, uh, some more of the Newcombs, uh, come around, you know, arriving in Lincoln. I think that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. I think that'd be pretty dope. I mean, I'm sure we'll delve deeper into that and kind of a little bit about him and his numbers and, and what the out outlook may look for that uh, possibly happen. Um, especially, you know, when you look at the draft prospects of, 
of uh, Cam Taylor Britt, and you know you can start to sell those types of things yeah. as uh, uh, as as young recruits start to uh, fill in in spots there. Uh, we have some big news though coming out of the Big Ten. We didn't know what to expect. Obviously, one of the leaders in the Big Ten, uh, one of the big big boys of the Big Ten, uh, Kofi Colburn decided to uh, enter into the draft. Um, one of the things that's unique about this entrance is that this is his third time. He has no opportunity of coming back. The rules of the NCA is you have two times that you can pop into the draft, kind of test the waters, dip into the pool, see how cool it is or see how warm it is and decide to pop out of it. But uh, he took the merge. He, he submerged. He dove in. And this is the last time he can do so. So, that changes the uh, whole landscape there in the Big Ten and, and what Illinois was hoping to bring back and make another run and, uh, and hopefully go deep. But uh, how do you view the uh, Kofi Coburn jumping into the NBA draft? Well, it's a, it's a big move, like you said, in the Big Ten. I, I think if he comes back, Illinois would be among the favorites. Um, now they're kind of thin, you know, because they do lose Trent Frazier. They lose Alfonso Plummers, a couple guys. You know, Granison started for them at, at times, too. We all know, or maybe if you've got, kind of followed along, Andre Curbelo transferred to, to St. John's. So for Brad Underwood in the group, it, it really, I think it's going to be Pretty frustrating. I know it was frustrating the last two years. They didn't make it to the Sweet 16 with Kofi Coburn and, and Ayu Dusumo. Um, but kind of looking back on it now, I think they're kind of in a restart, a rebuild mode for Illinois. So specifically for them, I, I think it's frustrating. I don't think it's the right move for Kofi Coburn. I, I you know, it, For him, it, it might be. If he, his, he said his dream's always been to play in the NBA. Um, I don't think I don't think his game translates very well, um, so I don't know if, he, if he's going to get much of a shot there. But he's a big body, um, you know. Maybe kind of gets the Taco Fall type of uh, uh, status where you you know he's on a team in case you know you need him at some point. Somebody puts out somebody huge, and so very limited matchup there. Um, but uh, I, I I think that he would have been great uh, for a return to college basketball, and that's what happened with Os- Oscar Shibway today, uh, the national player of the year for Kentucky. Same type of player, I guess. You know, a double double doesn't stretch the floor. Um, you know, doesn't necessarily offer a lot for what the modern day NBA does. But I think college basketball could be kind of the land of the bigs, and you know, the guys that that kind of play traditional ball um, down in the post. And uh, I would just love to have seen Kofi Coburn come back one more year, but it does kind of open up things at the top of the Big Ten. A little bit of information. Uh, Kofi Coburn is a uh, seven-foot center. He's one of four players in college hoops last season to average a double-double in points and rebounds, averaging 21 points a game with uh, 11 rebounds per game. And as you stated, his this is his long-time goal. He, uh, um, here's the thing, and here's the situation. You know, a lot of what you said, a lot of college guys, they take stardom especially with that size and, the, and those abilities. They take stardom uh, in the in the collegiate areas, and then they dip into the draft. And, and so what you find is, here's the question, and here's the problem. He's not ranked in the CBA, uh, CBS Sports Top 60 Big Board. He's not even on it. Right. So this is for the, the, the 2022 draft. Doesn't even, like hit the radar for that, right? So that was something that you should have been definitely eyeing if you're somebody looking to pop out there. That's why I thought he should have come back, right? So the game has changed, as you said. You got defending of space. They like open floor. They like space inside in the paint, especially on the offensive side. 
Um, and he's not a real threat there. And, and so therefore the traditional back-to-back basketball player just really doesn't exist in, in the league anymore. Here's the issue. He is not Joel Embiid. Right. He is not Nikola Jokic. He's not even the Lopez brothers. Right. Right. There's maybe one or two guys. And, and, and here's the thing. I think he has the potential to be a Steven Adams. I can Maybe. See that, yeah. Now, here's why I don't think he's not. He's not he he's very strong. He's not as athletic as Steven Adams. And he's not Shaq dominant. Right? Yeah. And here's why I say that. Although his rebound numbers are at 10 or 11, his 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 block numbers are very low, only having one block a game. So if you're going to be that type of guy, that number's got to be in the three, especially in college, in the three to four range a game. Yeah. And that's where I see the problem being. To only have one block a game, that means your athleticism, your timing is not there. And to be that size, you're not going to be as dominant. And that's where I see there's a problem for him going to the next level. Yeah, I mean he's he's a he's a you know he's not very athletic. Doesn't have the foot speed, but he's he's not the hops either. If if he had Shaq type hops, then that'd be something different. He doesn't elevate very well either. Go ahead. That's what. But I liked I loved watching him in college, and I love watching Illinois because it was it was a reminder of those times when Shaq would just kind of dominate the the post and kind of open up shots for his guys on the outside. And and Illinois did a good job using that. I mean, again, that was an it was an entertaining team to watch because of that, and it kind of brought you back. Or it's a different look than what you see a lot of teams running with. Um, however, you know, I, I, again, I don't know if I can say that it's the wrong decision because I don't think those things are changing. Right. I, I, I think it's kind of comes down to his decision. I don't, I don't think that he necessarily a year coming back and all of a sudden he'd be a a first round draft prospect or even, you know, much higher in the second round than what he might go if he does get picked. Um, it might just be for him a time, um, to understand and hear all of those, um, things and and maybe continue to try to work on them. Um, I think there's still you know plenty. There's going to be plenty of professional basketball opportunities for him. Just not in. I don't think in the NBA too much. But his, his goal is what it is. He, be, he was an All American already. Um, so Twice. maybe you know he he feels like this is a good time to go for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 so I that's Test why. Yeah, that's why I can't say it's a bad decision yeah. because I don't think that his his prospects were moving up either way. Um, for obviously for fans sake and for all of us that love college basketball, it would have been great to see him again. But, uh, you know, it, it, if he's ready to move on, um, then I guess that's, that's where he goes. Um, and it, it's, it's kind of interesting. I, I'll, I'll, I'll cheer for him. I'll hope that he gets it. I, again, I think is is incredible to watch at the college level. Um, but his, his prospects aren't, aren't going anywhere in, in, in the NBA unless he can turn back time. Do you think that in the mid nineties, he would have been a, a lottery pick? I mean, you know, you, you, you look at some of the, the centers, the forwards, those guys that were there definitely in the, in the 90s. Yeah. He definitely would have been a, a first-round uh, pick. There's no question about it. But the game has tremendously changed. And speaking of the game, I mean, we've talked about the Big Ten and, you know, a lot of the things that are happening and people that are leaving and going, uh, what the boards are going to look like, what the mock drafts are looking like. A change has been made in the Big Ten, and, and let's discuss that. Hit us on the text line at 402-464-5685 with about this question that I'm about to pose to you. 
or also you can hit us on the other platforms and, and tap in and, and or call us on the Sonda or Heyman. I mean, not the Sonda Heyman, but the Honda Lincoln hotline at 402-464-5685. Um, just we, we would love to hear your perspective on this because the Big Ten tournament has now left Indianapolis and has moved north to Minneapolis. How do you view that? Tell me, Bach, how that makes sense. Or does it make sense? Or is that a wise move? I, I don't think it's a bad one. Again, you know, I, I think you have your choices. I like the idea of moving it around to a degree. I mean, I think if you have a solid location, they've done it in Chicago. They've done it in New York. They're kind of uh, people made fun of that because Rutgers was just kind of the one. But at least they got something out of putting, you know, bringing Rutgers into um, the, the the Big Ten. So they did it at Madison Square Garden one time. Um, I don't think that that's a natural fit. I like the, the Big Ten or excuse me, the Big East out there. I, I still think that that makes sense um, for the Big Ten. I wouldn't mind if you maybe had it in the United Center every year. Every year, I don't think that Indianapolis necessarily is that sort of city that I just want to keep it in, you know. And I don't think Minneapolis will be either. So I, if you don't have the one location that that kind of brands itself to your conference tournament, like Kansas City, I thought was great for the Big Twelve tournament. I just I don't I don't feel like it has to stick. So you've got enough big cities in your footprint that I think you can make it somewhat of a traveling act, and and that's what they're doing. I think you know the Twin Cities uh, would will be a, a fun change in pace if nothing else. Well, my memories of the Twin Cities is it's already iceberg slim and cold. Oh, yeah. And uh, I remember when we went up there to play Minnesota, and again my target city, uh, my target center. Uh, days of going to Minnesota was just uh, always I was glad that I was not a rookie as much as playing up there (laughs) and having to do rookie (laughs) duties and they stopped that but um, yeah I remember we flew in there and it was a blizzard and and I thought that was the greatest pilot on earth that was able to land with that crosswind and that snow blizzard but um, it was funny to listen to Mikey Moore and those guys in the back oh lord no dropping and doing all yeah it was it was funny to listen to that but at the end of the day too man we 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 got off the plane and we we wanted to go get something and this is the time where we didn't understand that minnesota was built to have those corridors that basically can take you all over downtown and you can stay inside oh yeah we didn't know that we we started going outside and i'm talking about frozen no sickles and trying to dip into the little corners (laughs) to get out of the wind just to get some pizza I about froze my butt off, and I said, "Yeah, no, I yeah, I may have to miss Big Big Ten basketball for Minneapolis in the cold." No, That's no, not no, gonna no. happen. My boy, shout out to Gary Trent. I might have to get him on the show sooner or later. Gary Trent, my boy, he stayed up there. I, yeah, you better than me, G Trent. I can't do it. <laughs> uh, so. Uh, what does the what does the text line say? Does anybody think that's a wise move? What what, what they say? Uh, no response yet on the text line. It's uh, maybe not a whole lot of Minnesota Minneapolis fans out yeah, there. Man. <laughs> My memories of that is not not working. But that's okay because you know we can take a break right now. We got to take a break anyway. We're getting up against it, and uh, we'll come back and talk a little bit after this segment of hitting hardwood with Eddie Strick. We'll talk a little NBA uh, basketball and what's going on in the playoffs and. Is there going to be some changes made or some team's going to start running away with it right after this on the block? 